Rob, as always, thank you so much for always being there for me. I just didn't want to go it alone. I'm really worried about my dad. I have no idea on which one of these stupid islands he's even on. Yeah, I can, you know, I can understand that. And it's like, I'm always here for you, dude. And honestly, like we get to go on a boat to like some fantasy island type stuff. So it's uh, it's actually a pretty cool thing, you know? That's true. I mean, it's pretty out here. And I, thank God we stumbled upon Brian and Susan. I mean, I know they're on vacation, but otherwise I had no idea who was going to take us there because everyone else like flipped out when we even mentioned where we wanted to go. They're like all like hibbity jibby and everything. So yeah, they, I'm just they glad were, they were okay with it. Right. They were doing like the sign of the cross and everything, man. And yeah, I, which did not make me feel any better about finding my dad, but you know, thank God. Right. Um, I do wish that Susan would just shut up, though. She's rather talkative. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I understand it's their vacation, but why do we need to stop right now for her to go scuba diving to take photographs? Could that not wait till after we find my dad? I know that don't people usually go, they get ashore and then they get their gear and then they go scuba diving. Yeah, I don't I don't know why we got to stop like right now. And yeah. I don't know makes no sense to me and uh is she taking off her top wow yeah yeah she is taking off her top have you ever seen a thong like that that's like butt floss right there yeah that's not gonna that's not gonna keep like anything out of her lady parts when she goes underwater like is she not worried about like something getting in why are we not focused on my dad maybe she's maybe she's in one of those uh like free, free the nipple movements or something. Well, they're free and they're fancy free and everything. But I like my dad is the priority, not like her underwater photographs. Do you know what I'm saying, Rob? Rob, Rob. Huh? Oh, you know yeah. What I'm like exactly. Dad, yeah. 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 My dad. I'm. I'm so concerned with my father, and we're just sitting here and like we're losing valuable time. We right. You're going. Rob, your dad you know? and those voluptuous. Those voluptuous no, Rob, bounce. Huh? Rob, what? 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 Look at me. Oh. My dad is the priority, not Susan and her chest. You know, we've got like we gotta talk to Brian and see if we can like, you know, get her to like speed things along so we can get going. Rob. Rob! Yeah, huh? Rob, oh. look at me. Okay. Focus. Focus. I, I so okay. we've gotta like we gotta talk Rob, you're not even looking at me anymore. Rob. Oh, clearly I'm the only one worried about my father on this trip.
All right, all you Midnight Mass Creature Cast fans, we hope that you've come to us hungry because this time we're going to be covering Lucio Fulci's 1979 gore galore flick, Zombie, or as it was originally called, Zombie 2, to cash in on the uh, Dawn of the Dead fervor. Uh, I am Mark. This was my pick, and I'm joined by the ever awesome. What the actual Fulci? I am Rob, and I'm ready for this. Woohoo! Yes. So, um, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I have kind of a past with this. When did you first see the film, Rob? I first saw this. Like, I waited to watch it because I wanted it to be fresh in my mind. So, I watched it last night. Awesome. And I like how you use the word fresh. <laughs> right. Much like the cadavers. <laughs> Unlike those rotting corpses with Ooh. lots of worms. Yes, exactly. Um, now, this is direct, uh, director Lucio Fulci's film, and he is a friend of the pod. We've covered uh, three of his films already. We did uh, The Beyond, we did Gates of Hell, and then we did uh, House by the Cemetery. Mm -hmm. The Unholy Trilogy. The Unholy Trilogy. Uh, and so we segued from that into Zombie, which we kind of did everything all out of order because this was really his first foray into true, like, gore horror. <laughs> right. We, we were totally out of order, yeah. Yeah, but I knew you needed this in your life, so uh, I, I'm glad you were open to covering this one. Now, Mr. Fulci, um, there's three films I want to throw out there to people that I also think that you should see of his. They're not necessarily these types of films, but I think you will enjoy them. One is A Lizard in a Woman's Skin. It's a giallo from 1971. There's also Don't Torture a Duckling from 1972. And then there's a like a a very weird trippy kind of sword and uh sandal epic called conquest from 1983 uh and don't worry about your your uh, television screen there's nothing wrong with it it looks like it was shot through like vaseline on the lens <laughs> that so, sounds awful it you know but the movie's so cool you can almost overlook it I, i'd almost like to kind of twist your arm in, into covering it for the show at some point in time so do you mean like vaseline on a lens it's very blurry it's so, yeah, it looks like it was shot through like gauze or something. And he meant for it to be that way. Okay. Yeah, it's very, wow. it gives it a totally otherworldly feel. It's very weird, very odd choice. So basically, like if you're on acid or shrooms or something, everything will be clear to you. But if you're not, then it'll just look kind of blurry. I don't know that it would be clear to you or not, even if you were on a different substance. <laughs> and what's funny is it's on Blu-ray, which I'm like, you can't even clean this up. So I don't know what purpose oh, of that wow. is. But yeah. Um, now getting into the meat of things, um, we have a couple of uh, thespians I'd like to talk about. One of them is e Ian McCulloch. Uh, he plays Peter West. He was in three films of note. He was in The Ghoul with Peter Cushing from 1975. Um, he was also in Zombie Holocaust and uh, Luigi Cozzi's uh, kind of ripoff of Alien in a way called Contamination, both from 1980. Then the um, kind of woman who kicks this all into gear is Ann Bowles. She's going in search for a father. This is, in my mind, like one of my favorite people in the world, Atisa Farrow. Uh, she was in Joe Diamato's Anthropophagus, 
Anyway, it's a 1980 film. It's also known as the Grim Reaper. It's a cannibal on a Greek island. He uh, eats people, which is amazing. She was also in the made-for-TV movie The Initiation of Sarah from 1978. Most importantly, you might want to note that she is the sister of Mia Farrow, who we just talked about last week. Um, and then, are you a Beatles fan at all? I am. Okay, so the song Dear Prudence, does that mean something to you? It's a nice song, but it doesn't really mean much. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Prudence was her sister, and they wrote it about her sister. So Prudence Farrow is also Tisa's sister, and she plays Anne in this film. Okay. Anyway, so we also have Brian, played by Al Cliver, and you may recognize him from The Beyond. He was uh, the, okay, so the one mortician guy or that worked in the in the morgue and later he had that jump scare where he slices through that like cloth which it should have been a zombie but it wasn't it was just him but he didn't have oh, a beard yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah that's why i didn't recognize him because he didn't have his beard yeah um which without the beard i don't care about him but with the beard he's very dreamy in my book uh he was also in just franco's the devil hunter from 1980 which i highly recommend that to people and he was in another he did a lot of fulci films Another one that I would note that people see was Demonia from 1990. Um, now we have Susan, who is Brian's girlfriend and the underwater uh, scuba diver who loves photography. She only did five films, but the only one that I saw from this actress, who is Aretta uh, Gay, uh, was this movie, Zombie. I don't know of the other four films that she did I was unfamiliar with. Hmm. Yeah, I'm the not familiar with her at all. No, 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 no. Um, Walt kept saying she looked like Helen Reddy, the singer. I don't know if you know who that is, but she does look kind of like Helen Reddy. Anyway, uh, the doctor that we're dealing with is Dr. Menard, uh, and that is Richard Johnson. There's four films that I highly recommend. He was in The Haunting from 1963. He was in that exorcist kind of ripoff that we talked about briefly, except The Mother's Possessed. It was Juliet Mills, and the movie's called Beyond the Door. It freaked the hell out of me as a kid from 1974. He was in The Comeback from 1978, and he was in The Monster Club, which is like a horror anthology from 1981. Okay, The Monster Club. It sounded a little like The Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah, it's not really like that at all, but it's very fun. It's got like Vincent Price. It's just a really funny anthology film. Now, his wife, Mrs. Menard, is Olga... Carlatos? It's K-A-R-L-A-T-O-S. She was in another Fulci film, Murder Rock, Dancing Death, from 1984. But even stranger, she played Prince's mom in Purple Rain. No way. Way. I thought that was really odd when I found that out. I'm like, interesting. That's so now, cool. Yeah. Now, there's one other person that I we must talk about. There is, and we'll get into it later, but there is an underwater zombie that I feel that we need to give some kind of like spotlight to. Yes, his because name, they don't get their due. They, they get an no. uncredited part. Yeah, his name is Ramon Bravo, which is a bitchin' name as far as I'm concerned. He's a Mexican-born, um, I guess you would call him more like an underwater photographer. Um, he is in this film, but he also did work on Tintorera, uh, Killer Shark from 1977, as well as a film called The Bermuda Triangle, which scared the bejesus out of me. The whole Bermuda Triangle thing freaked me out as a kid. That and Killer Bees. Um, he was also in The Shark Hunter from 1979, and he worked on Leviathan from 1989. Oh, wow. Yeah. So those are all the people that I need to give shout outs to, and then we can move on from there. 
props to our underwater uncredited zombie. Mm-hmm. He was pretty cool in my book. So um, now the film opens and we're basically staring down the barrel of a shotgun and we see a corpse sit up. It's all like bound and wrapped in like a sheet and everything. And the corpse sits up and there's a gunshot to the head and the person who shot him says the boat can leave now you can let everyone know and then we get the title card zombie (laughs) which is um i thought that was pretty cool especially the way that the body was bound in the sheet but also that headshot it had like some asmr crackling sounds to it it was very squishy and crunchy at the same time yeah it was very fulci in my mind yeah yeah, because he had a little bit of the gore popping out afterwards. Yep. Like the yeah. brain, the little piece of brain or something. Yes. Now, we are hopping back to New York for the rest of this little action in just the beginning. The wraparound at the beginning and the end was actually added on to appeal to American audiences. So this would get a wider release once it hit theaters. So we oh, have... Uh, so wait, oh. you mean that the beginning of the movie was only added on so that it would make sense later, because I know that we revisit that part, like somewhere near close to the end. And then it was added on to appeal to a wider American audience to make more money. Okay. Does that make sense, Rob? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So they thought by setting it in New York, it would also help appeal to, because otherwise it was on an Island and they thought that that might alienate like Americans. Wow. Like, I can't relate really? to an island, but I can relate to New York. Yeah, I would have liked it if it was secluded just to that island and happening there. That would have made it far more scarier, I think. So just real quick, it, the script was originally more like voodoo zombies, much like uh, white zombie, not the band, but the Bela Lugosi movie. Hmm. And they kind of beefed up the flesh-eating zombie aspect of it. Probably because of Romero's Night of the Living Dead, right? Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Dawn of the Dead, okay. That was the one that influenced this one, yes. Um, Because that was so big in Italy, and uh, Dario Argento brought it... hmm, This is a real long story. Dario Argento brought... He like worked with George Romero to bring Dawn of the Dead over there. And he actually, there's a goblin score that's in Dawn of the Dead that Dario Argento helped put in there because goblin's Italian, the group. Okay. Um, So actually Dawn of the Dead had its Italian release before it had its American release because it struggled over here with the ratings board. So Dawn of the Dead was a huge hit. But this was actually in production before that was released. But the place where it was being worked on with the score, um, the documentary or the like the feature that I was watching was saying that a lot of people had access to viewing it before it was even released. And more than likely, the people behind this one, because this was released as Zombie 2 to cash in on Dawn of the Dead. Um, had access to seeing the film beforehand and the the um company that actually sanctioned the film being made 
wanted to cash in on the success of that. Okay. And actually, <laughs> Lucio Fulci was not their first choice. Um, and that's in my notes later. Let's see here it was. Um, they wanted uh, Enzo Castellari. He turned it down. And then they went to Umberto Lenzi, who turned it down. So Lucio Fulci was their third choice for this to begin with. Um, Lucio Fulci had done more like comedies or films that had more of a, not musicals, but films dealt that dealt with music. Okay, uh, so like rock groups and stuff. Yeah. So before this was kind of his introduction into basically like the gore zombies and you know exactly the, okay. yes exactly 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 and that's why oh my gosh and that's why the uh, unholy trilogy like you were saying that's why they really kind of pushed him to like make the first one have like the whole zombie feel to it he like didn't really want to do that so much but mm -hmm. they really pushed like for the zombies yeah because this okay. one was such a big hit yes exactly and he wanted to steer more into the supernatural but they're like you gotta have zombies that's what you're known for <laughs> yeah yeah because like like I, the other films like the, the two that i mentioned like he did one called the psychic and then the the giallos they're not really they do have gore to them but they're not like splatter films like this yeah yeah okay sorry about all that no problem i'm glad that like that gave me a whole new <clears throat> insight into you know, what made him popular in, in like the genre. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And uh, well, what's really funny. Okay. So the, 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 the boat's deserted and we get that helicopter that calls in for like the, the uh, patrol boat, the Harbor patrol to come in and take a look yeah. on the ship. So it's Bill and Marty. Those were actually off duty officers and they provided their own uniforms for the scene. Oh, Hey, nice. <laughs> Yeah, so Bill's the one with the shorter hair. Marty's the one with the little bit longer hair. I think Bill had more like a, he was almost like a redhead kind of. But anyway, so I love when they get on the boat and they go below and it's like a mess and there's all those flies buzzing. Oh, that's so gross. I was like, it must smell really, really bad in yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> really, really bad. So at first, Bill's down below, but then there's a mishap with the uh, sail up above. So they swap places and Marty goes below to investigate everything. And there's those God awful, disgusting centipede things. Oh, the, the uh, beach worms oh, that you were telling oh, me about before. Uh, <laughs> those gross me out. And then he spies that like gross, gross hand, which is totally a Fulci thing. Yep. There's a lot, gets, of, a lot of Fulci-isms in this movie too. Oh my it's gosh. Like, yes, exactly. And then he gets attacked by that kind of like a, uh, well-fed zombie well extremely well-fed yeah that's a big boy exactly and then so the zombie kind of tackles marty to the floor and there's that scene where marty goes to pull at the at the zombie attacking him and he just rips off some of his arm the flesh and everything <laughs> oh yeah that was a very um a very squishy scene because you could hear that it was like <laughs> yeah it was disgusting um and then um uh, the zombie makes his way to the deck and Bill, the officer, is asking him to stop and he just unloads a round of guns, bullets, gunfire into the zombie, just causing him to fall into the water. Yeah. And now oh, oh, which go ahead. Is, it's uh, it's strange because like immediately I thought of um, 
to paraphrase you, let's watch, you know? Oh yeah. There's lots of let's watch moments in this film. <laughs> there is there. I think I wrote down quite a few in my notes here. So real quick, that zombie that got shot later went to, to CBGB's, the popular club. Mm-hmm. Dressed like that, and he said no one batted an eye when he went in. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this um, an actual story, or is like a you? No, it's an up? actual story. Yeah, he said no one even cared oh, like, at okay. all. He just walked right in. Um, it seemed like there's something else I want to say, but maybe it'll come to me. So now we're at the news office, and the chief, by the way, that that sends Peter West off on this uh, news story is Lucio Fulci. Oh, no way. Yeah, he always does like a Hitchcock thing where he inserts himself in different scenes. And so that's Lucio in this one. I never would have even like put those two together. Thank you. Yeah. And then he makes that mention that like uh, Peter's uh, uncle owns a newspaper, which is like he's not going to play favoritism. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the back on the dock, the police are holding like the onlookers at bay and everything because they're trying to figure out exactly what's gone on. And we see that uh, Anne is there, played by Tisa Farrell, and uh, it's her father's boat. And he's been gone for three months to Antilles, and she's not sure what's happened to him. And she's trying to figure everything out. And the medical examiner's office um, is uh, in a hurry to figure out what's going on as well. So at the examiner's office, they have Marty's corpse, who is the one that was actually attacked by the um, zombie below deck. And they're determining that the bites were caused by, and I mean, sorry, the injuries were caused by actual bites. Yeah. And but unfortunately, the other medical examiner doesn't believe that. He's like, no, it couldn't be. Exactly. And then no one, because they're too busy, like, you know, kind of discussing all this, no one notices that Marty's corpse is actually getting morning wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's some movement under the sheets there. There is. <laughs> well, later that night, they've assigned a, a policeman on duty to watch, you know, the boat to make sure no one's, you know, on there. But we get uh, Anne creeping around and she eventually makes it on board the boat without being detected. But down there, we get a jump scare because Peter, the uh, investigative reporter, has already gotten on board. And so he clasps his hand over her mouth to make sure she doesn't scream. And then he reveals that he's got some information and that he thinks that maybe they should work together to figure out what exactly is going on. Yeah. Marvel team up. Marvel team up. But in the interim, they have knocked over a lantern, drawing the attention of the uh, uh, the, uh, officer on duty. He comes down. And so Peter's plan is, that they snuck on board to have like a romantic interlude. Oh, I thought that was her plan. No, that was his plan. Oh, so he's like, hey, maybe I can get something out of this after all. Right, yeah. So anyway, it works. And the uh, police officer just basically you know, like tells them to you know, like, you know, get themselves like in a, 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 a orderly fashion and, and head on off. So what the... Um, investigative reporter has found out is that there's a letter that has been written to Anne, and it basically states that her father has contracted some sort of strange disease and he's allowed himself to be used as like a guinea pig and but by doing this he's never going to be able to leave the island alive and this is where Anne decides that she wants to go find him him find her father herself and that the um 
newspaper chief is allowed to buy the tickets for both her and Peter to go on this excursion. Really quick, the airport where this was filmed was designed by the same architect that worked on the arch here in St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm located. Oh, hey. Yeah. So anyway, they're off to St. Thomas and they uh, are in a car and they're trying to figure out, you know, should they go to the hotel first or they should, they should they try to find a boat? And the um, cabbie basically sets them up with like, uh, you know, where to go on the dock to try to look for somebody to help them find the Island of Matul. So they come across Brian, who is um, Al Cliver, and his love interest, Susan, Aretta Gay. And they're basically just going to be spending two months kind of tooling around on their, on their own boat, just having fun. Yeah, they're, but, yeah, they're kind of just, um, they reminded me of uh, two like a couple that was like on their honeymoon and just kind of sailing around. Yes. This is not going to mean anything probably to like maybe one other person out there. And I don't know why, but they remind me, and I don't know why really there's a movie called the deep and I believe it's Nick Nolte and for sure Jacqueline Bissett. And they're kind of like a couple that they're, I think they're more, uh, they get mixed up in like sunken treasure. But for some reason, I make these couple like the alternate universe version of that couple. But anyway, The Deep's a good movie, too. But anyway, so I'm off of that tangent. Anyway, (laughs) so Peter and Anne pretty much like finagle themselves passageway on this boat to help them find the place. Yeah, because Um, uh, Susan and the other guy, they really don't want to do. They're like, hey, we're you know, we're trying to have fun. We we don't want to go searching out an island and. It's like, well, and like Brian gives him the third degree, like, you know, do you guys know how to handle ships? And like Peter's, I can handle a ship. And Anne's like, I was basically raised on it because my father owned boats and everything. So they're like, okay, fine. You can join us. (laughs) You got to swab the decks. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and then um, Brian also makes mention that like the natives aren't too cool on Matul. I think it's cursed and they try to avoid it like a plague and everything. So oh, yeah, yeah. The, it's the, already not a good place to be going to. <laughs> right. They, there's a lot of foreshadowing. Exactly. <clears throat> now we are actually back on Matul with Dr. Menard. He's calling, um, they're trying to get out, you know, to make phone calls, but it's no use. He, his, his radio's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife... <laughs> who's clearly had enough of this place um, is feeling like she's cut off from the rest of the world. And she wants to leave, but again, that radio is not working. Um, and she's very like irate and we're not quite sure like what her deal is, but she's kind of turned into the drink and everything. And it's revealed that, you know, David, her husband, David Menard, he's going to head back to the hospital and uh, his wife makes mention that they found another one. But David consoles her and says that, well, they're they're on the other side of the island. Um, but she's like, it's just going to be a matter of time before they reach this side. Yeah. And, and so I like how that builds up because it's like, you know, it's uh, apparently it's not really a thing where, you know, there's just like one or two dead people trickling, you know, trickling in and popping mm-hmm. up or whatever. But then I like how it slowly builds throughout the movie. Like, Oh, that. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um it's also very ambiguous as to like 
why this is going on. They keep talking about voodoo, yeah, but it's never really like why this is actually happening, which I think leads back to the beginning script, which was way more based on, like I said, like, you know, the the voodoo raising mm-hmm. the dead as opposed to, yeah. Anyway, I okay. thought it would have been like, rather than being like a, a zombie zombie type thing where, you know, you've got some like voodoo magic going on and, and somebody's mm-hmm. actually controlling these creatures. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, we've got to get, you know, it's an Italian movie, so we got to get him uh, slapping her across the face. Yes. And oh, did you see the eye shots, too? Yeah. And, you know, OK, so what's coming up later? But she's got very beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that wasn't by accident that she was cast. No, okay. I, yeah. I think uh, like Oretta Gay, uh, her she's got really nice eyes as well. And um, she does. Yes. Yeah. The yeah, woman, yeah. Uh, Tisa Farrow, like uh-huh. her eyes are really big and brown. So, and they, they like make it so that you, you focus on their eyes. Yes. Very much so. I love Tisa so much. Yeah. Well, anyway, and the wife is like, you know, she's like, you're not a doctor. You're, I mean, you're not a, a scientist. You're a witch doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she accuses him of fooling around with voodoo rites, which never really comes into play. Anyway. Right. That doesn't, doesn't really pan out to anything. But then we get like the drums. Because oh, this movie yeah. is like full of like drum beats. Yep. So then we're outside and he asks Miguel to kind of like guard the house. And then, you know, the doctor's going to be away for a while. So back on the boat with the foursome, they kind of drive past the dock. And we see that one other gentleman on the dock. He's like crossing himself as they like sail by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So this is when Walt pops in because we have Dr. Menard looking at the microscope. <laughs> Oh, Walt points out. I have a problem sperm- with oh. the blood. I have a problem with that blood. Well, it's not blood because it's sperm cells. Because Walt's like, blood doesn't move, sperm does. So we were actually <laughs> looking at sperm cells. <laughs> I just but meant doc- the color. Like, Oh, it's very Italian blood. Like, <laughs> Italian blood looks like that. It's very like thick and like Ketchup. It's got a very particular <laughs> color to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so uh, Dr. Menard's drawing some of his, uh, like a, a needle of his own blood to check it underneath the microscope and everything. Uh, back on the boat, they can't find the island. And Brian makes mention that, you know, like some of the islands are like uncharted. Um, and this is where Susan decides that she wants to take underwater photos. <laughs> Let's go topless, topless underwater scuba diving. <laughs> so she removes her top. And this is where real big letters I write down. Let's watch. Let's watch. <laughs> because she's like sitting right there on the boat takes that top off peter's watching ann's watching brian's watching and she's just a-okay with it which i'm like you know whatever i have no problem with nudity but yeah and then like nobody says a word though they're like why why are you doing this right now we're trying to go to this island (laughs) right 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 yeah she's not concerned with with the ann's father no and then she's got to like strap on like this bottom part and then it's revealed she's not wearing much down there either yeah that was the that was the smallest thong i have ever seen ever seen and it was white on top of that right So, so you could see through it you she was rocking a full bush I don't know why we just didn't get the JJ. I mean, seriously. <laughs> anyway, so she dives over and um, and I wrote down why the Fulci doesn't Brian join her nude because I would have been okay with that. But no, he's got to <laughs> stay on board. So I don't get that. Um, but underwater, she's down there shooting pics and everything. Mm-hmm. And then back on board, Anne spies actually what she thinks is 
Matul, which it turns out to be that. But anyway, we're down below. Okay, I just have to stop you for a moment. Um, now I'm not going to sit here while you masturbate and think of Susan. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. Um, what what Anne was looking at did did it look to you like it was just a bunch of clouds? Because I didn't see no island there. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I asked Walt. I'm like, did she see an island? Walt's like, yeah, it's it's supposed to be an island. Because I thought it was just, yeah, I thought I'm with you too, my friend. I oh, okay, yeah, that's, thing. I wanted, because I was like, what is she looking at? All I see is a bunch of weird shaped clouds. Yeah, that oddly look like areolas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so down below, there's this shark that at first Susan doesn't really kind of notice, like kind of sneaking up behind her, okay? Um so she surfaces to yells for help, but she's a little bit further away from the boat. And the shark has kind of positioned itself where it's making it difficult for Susan and her nipples to return. So <laughs> right. she's got to go back below. And then Brian, of course, arms himself with a gun and just starts firing at it. Yeah. Which causes the shark to hit the ship. So we get a little bit of Jaws action in there as well. <clears throat> anyway, back down below, she's kind of hidden herself like under like a little coral like reef area thing yeah yep only to realize that she's no longer alone down there there's a male zombie existing under the water right and because they can do that because they don't need to breathe right exactly so she rips off some coral and begins to scrape it across his face i thought that was brilliant <laughs> i was like let's sand this guy's face off with a piece right of coral. Off, right right the full chi off so that gives her enough time to flee and then we get Shark versus zombie action. Holy, did you ever think you would see that? I mean, I never did. Shark versus zombie. This is why I want you to see this more than anything, because you need it. Shark versus zombie in your life, Rob. And I wonder, because they both took a bite out of each other. So I wonder yes. if there was a zombie <laughs> shark swimming around, like creating <laughs> other zombie sharks. One can only hope. One <laughs> yeah. can only hope. Um, now, no sharks were harmed in this. This was actually the trainer. He was the trainer, uh, Ramon Bravo. Um, he worked with the shark. The shark was um, sedated, but he was not injured. Um, and, uh, you know, they did the whole scene and everything. But I love this scene so much. Yeah, um, that is a crazy scene right there. And it was also fed before the scene as well. So it wasn't even hungry. And whose idea, like, was this Fulci's idea for like part of the part of the movie? I would assume. I think Fulci just, I, the man to me is like a god among gods. Like <laughs> he's just can do no wrong in my book. He went all um, out. Well, that's a lie because I did not get nude Brian scuba diving. But other than that, he can do no wrong in my book. <laughs> Back on board, Susan is totally shaken. She starts to tell her story and everything. Um, and they decide that they need to get to Matul and they need to find the hospital. So there's a little bit of a dust storm, which oddly just follows people around. Did you notice that? Like, it doesn't blow the trees. It really is just windy where people are. Yeah, it's kind of like those old <laughs> Westerns that, like, I've never really watched an old Western, but I have seen bits and pieces where the tumbleweeds are going by and everything. Right, 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 yeah. right. So um, now, I think they're, in my mind, I've never been, but in my mind, they are spot on with what like a very uh, poor village hospital would look like, like a mission hospital would look like. Oh, totally, I mean, the, yeah. That it's just wall-to-wall -wall beds. Everyone, it looks like they're in the worst possible shape they could be. There's just like uh, rattan 
uh, like wicker partition separating the beds. It just yeah. and there's flies. It just looks unsanitary. It it reminded me of you remember uh, Suzanne Summers in the '80s doing that like the Ethiopia thing, and they would show those photographs of like the kids with the flies, you know, on their faces and everything. And yes, but I think you mean Sally Struthers. Oh, sa- sorry. Yes. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Sally Struthers. Uh, yeah. Yes. It did. It reminded yes. me of yeah. that, really. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Totally. 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 Um, so there's an elderly man, and the nurse is, set, you know, telling the doctor that, you know, this he's not going to last till morning and everything. And the doctor's just like, tie him down securely and we'll take care of it. Um, and then we have that frantic man coming in to tell the doctor that everyone's leaving the village because uh, clearly there's something going on. Um, and they're saying that the Juju man has upset the villagers and they're all going in, inland because they're afraid of, um, they're afraid and they're turning to voodoo for protection. Yep. So outside <laughs> we get that POV, POV shot of the, uh, a POV shot of someone watching as the doctor and the man are walking. And then it's nighttime and we're outside the doctor's place and you hear that heavy breathing and there's Miguel outside with the dog. and then we get what many people did not see for a long time because it was cut in a lot of countries to avoid an X rating. Oh, the shower scene. Yes. So we have the wife nude in the shower. And did you love the placement of the three-way mirror? So we got her at every possible advantage angle to see her nude. I didn't know that was a three-way mirror, but I'd tell you, yes. <laughs> yeah, I there rather, are mirrors plenty in this place. I rather enjoyed that part, yes. Yeah, so we get that little zombie hand like up at the window pane and everything. So she turns the shower off and does like a piss poor job of drying off because she basically just like dabs her chest and then she's done. Um, So she goes to get her pills and everything and she puts on that really gauzy gown and she hears like some kind of noise which draws her to the window. Mm -hmm. So she apprehensively walks towards the window and then there's more creepy ass noises and she retreats to a room with a door that won't quite close. But what did, okay, what I want to know is in the movie, I was I had to rewind this part a couple of times when she looks in the mirror and she sees something behind her. And I was like, what the hell's there? And I rewound it to see if there was like a zombie in the background and I still couldn't see anything. Yeah, at first I thought she saw a zombie. I'm like, well, did she see a zombie? He's like, no, I think she just heard something out there or like the tree rustle or something. Yeah, because I didn't see a zombie either. Okay, yeah, because it really, that part messed with my head because she clearly looking at something in the mirror behind her. Yeah, and but also- there's on top of there. what you're saying, right. On top of what you're saying, when she goes to close the door, at oh, first, yeah. is there anything really blocking it? No, it's it just seems like it the wood is kind of um like it just like it's warped or something. Yeah, like, like it won't close of its own accord. Right, right. Warped wood. Yeah. Yeah. So she's trying to close this door and it won't work and it won't work. But that eventually that gives the zombie time to get his little grossy grody ass fingers like wrapped (laughs) around the door and i'm not even sure that she knows his fingers are there yet no i think she's just still freaked out and trying to shut the door yeah but anyway so she smashes the door which cuts the zombie's fingers off and i'm still not sure she even knows she's done that (laughs) no but then there's pounding from the other side of the door which does alert her yeah then she knows that like somebody's something is here and it's trying to get me yeah, so she runs to the other side of the room to start pushing this chest of drawers to blockade the door from whoever's on the other side getting through. Now, dear listeners, if you've not seen this, you're doing yourself a disservice. But anyway, if you've not seen this and you've seen Halloween, 
imagine the closet that Laurie Strode is hiding inside to avoid detection of Michael Myers. Yes. Those little wooden slats. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly what this woman is dealing with, which of course serves no resistance to the other thing pounding against it. Right. These zombies, like usually you get weak zombies that really, you know, they have to kind of pile up on each other to really cause damage. But these things can like rip through walls and climb. But they also also shuffle around. They're odd. It's like. Yeah. They. Yeah. They're really slow moving, but they're pretty damn strong. Right. Exactly. When we want to be. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so he's pounding through. And of course, these little slanted wood things, slats, break. Okay. So we kind of all know where this is going, but you know, our actress with the beautiful eyes, she's just freaked out enough to stand there and watch as the zombie reaches in and grabs a handful of her hair. And of course, this is going to lead to what I call eye trauma, mama. Eye trauma. Oh yeah. Let's watch. (laughs) Let's so watch because I don't even think she's resisting at all. She's just screaming. Yep. She is. And it's slowly, it's kind of like Dr. Freudstein only a little bit quicker. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Slowly like, moving toward that thing, uh, the the splinter, the splinter yeah, yeah, the splintered wood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Wide uh, open eye, yes. not even bothering to close it. Right, and you don't. You, where? What are your hands doing? She's not even like. I, she's not. I don't think she's even pushing against the chest of drawers. I would like, be covering my face with my hands. No, or she's something. like leaning into this. Like she's not closing her <laughs> eyes. She's not turning her head. She's yeah. not forcing her body away. She's like totally leaning into this splintered wood right at eye level. <laughs> oh, and that's uh, that gives us the first uh, eye trauma moment. Of- yeah, and she's yeah, and it goes. There's no cutaway shots, folks. No, nope. it goes right in. Ooh, breaks off, <laughs> sticking yes. out, and it's, she's still screaming. It stays there. <laughs> A big old hunk of wood in the eye. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now we have our boat coming closer to the shore. Um, And then you get the POV shot with creepy breathing. And to me, it's, I realized this was, no, it was after, wasn't it? 79 and Halloween was 78. So there's almost like it sounds like a Halloween, like the movie Halloween, like a cue, like a a score cue from that. Well, we're back in town and the nurse um, is walking down the deserted street and everything to get to Dr. Menard. And we see that the boat boat is now docking. And, is this the uh, shot where the crab is walking across? Yes, I love the little crab. <laughs> um, and then um, they're going to go to investigate the phenomenon. And um, what? I, uh, oh, 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 also, so <clears throat> they've determined that the boat's damaged due to the shark attack. Yeah. And oh, and did Susan's you notice again? Did you like when okay, yeah, Susan, but not only that, but when Brian pops his head up out of the water, it looks like he's got an extremely bad sunburn. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 So back at the hospital, we get another body bound and wrapped. Um it's wrapped up and everything. We get a gunshot. And then it this is intercut with Brian's flare gun going off so there's that gunshot too um and then we see the nurse kind of scouring at the bloody head as it it covered in the sheet and everything and then brian shoots another flare and then lucas 
is the villager who's kind of working closely with the doctor and everything, who I think he seems like a very sweet man. And he tells the doctor that someone's shooting rockets from the sky at Catfish Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get all those like weird ass groans and noises, vocal noises and everything. This like, it's got some of the creepiest noises, I think, for like a horror movie. It does. Um, it's, it's got weird sounds. Yeah. Okay. So we see that Lucas and the nurse are tossing a body into a pit that's already filled with more wrapped dead bodies that have been shot in the head. Yeah, like total mass grave vibes there. So clearly Dr. Menard has, I think, figured out that to kill these things, you need to shoot them in the head. I think so, yeah. It seems like he's not really shared this info with anyone else. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? He took it all on himself to like, I've got to take care of these walking dead. Yeah. Shooting. <laughs> right. But like, wouldn't you at least share that with like Lucas and the nurse? Like, you know, hey, if I'm not there, feel free to shoot these things in the head. Yeah, you, you know? would think. Yeah. Or everyone else in the village. I well, the way that they the way that they're portraying the people in the village is that they're kind of superstitious and very uneducated. Uh, like even uh, that guy, Lucas, where he's like, Senor, yeah. the plane, the plane, you know? But still, superstitious or not, I'd still, you know what? I'm giving you the information. What you choose to do with it mm-hmm. is your choice, but I'm still giving you that information. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I, I feel like he withheld like really pertinent things from these people. And for for no good reason, really, because it's not like he had a hand in any of this. No, and he doesn't have a cure. No, I, 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 that's just like a flaw that I find with our physician here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's he's telling them not to cover it up yet because there's two more bodies that would be coming soon, which I'm like, oh, God, help us. Okay, so back at the hospital, we see that poor hysterical woman who's like, oh, she's like in bed. She's babbling about her son that she's she knows is dead, but she still sees him walking around. There's like vomit on her pillow next to her. I mean, this is just that like hits on a whole nother level to me. Like there's, yeah. there's the horror of this movie. Then there's the horror of this movie. <laughs> it's pretty so, gnarly stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. So we see that one lone zombie staggering down the vacant street and everything. And then um, we see uh, the doctor's car and Menard is explaining to um, the group that he's picked up from the boat about Anne's father's fate and everything. Um, and he's saying basically the Island is a wasteland of terror. And we get that flashback where the nurse uh, gets uh, the doctor to come see, check on Mr. Bowl, Bowl Ann's dad in bed. And uh, he's about ready to die. And he's asking the doctor to do two things for him. Um, he's got a letter that he wants to get to Anne, And he wants to make sure that the doctor guarantees that his soul will rest in peace. So the doctor watches over him and he knows what he needs to do to release him. But at first, the doctor can't seem to bring himself to you know shoot the the man yeah he summons up enough strength the body sits up he shoots him in the head and then again he says the boat can leave now tell the others so that's exactly how the film opened so we're yeah okay quick recasting um the the father the guy reminded me of donald sutherland so very much oh interesting and so i was like donald sutherland should play the father (laughs) oh donald sutherland 
Uh, now, what Donald Sutherland? Are we talking like the virus Donald Sutherland or uh, earlier? Nope. Uh, uh, Donald Sutherland from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay, interesting. Okay, cool. I just wanted to know. All right, inquiring minds. So we get that albatross overhead, and then um, we get the car driving through town, and this is when the doctor brings up like the villagers' like strong belief in voodoo and everything. Mm-hmm. And then Brian fills us in, just in case audiences don't know about voodoo, that it's basically a mix of uh, Catholicism and then African tribal rites. And um, the the natives are chalking it up to that uh, a witch doctor has something to do with all of this. So Dr. Bernard's trying very hard to find the answer. He's been very unsuccessful. Back at the hospital, Lucas is filling him in that something has happened to uh, a friend of his named Fritz, who happens to be the only other white man on the island. Apparently, Fritz has been bitten on the arm because he's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> How do you and let yourself get bit? So Menard sends the foursome uh, in his Land Rover to go check on his wife. Did you notice Brian's T-shirt? No, I didn't. It's a Daily Planet T-shirt, the suit like where Superman works. Oh, no, I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. Anyway, um, you know, because it's an Italian film, so to hell with copyright infringement. <laughs> so <laughs> Fritz is there in the hospital, and, uh, you know, his wrist is all bandaged up and bloody and everything. And uh, the nurse decided to bring him there and everything. And Fritz admits that he saw a living dead in the village, but before he noticed what it was, it was too late. Uh, and then we cut to the zombie in the village. And back at the hospital, Lucas... Lucas uh, is locking things up and we see our car and it's driven. They're claiming at least for eight miles, which is a little bit longer than the doctor had claimed. He said it was only about seven miles. They eventually stumble upon the doctor's home. And um, Brian is claiming that there's something fishy about the doctor. He still just doesn't feel right about everything. Yeah. They go to knock on the door. There's no answer. They call out to Mrs. Menard. There's still no answer. So they enter and start investigating. Now, did you get Scooby-Doo vibes at all from that? Oh, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> four, four young people uh, investigating. Yeah, exactly. But not once ever did Daphne show tits. <laughs> this as, is true. As, I, I kind of wish that Daphne had, though. As as Fred and Shaggy and Velma just watched. Right. Yeah, that Let's never watch. happened. So they all, they all enter the room and see the same thing because they're all looking the same direction they're all looking down Mm -hmm. susan is the only one who screams the other ones are just looking like they've seen a cat or something (laughs) so susan screams (laughs) the zombies are like munching away on mrs menard you know they're having like you know a brunch they took her whole ass leg man it is gone it's (laughs) totes gone yeah exactly so they turn to leave but they're blocked by two other zombies and fortunately <laughs> there is a, a pair of antlers hanging on the wall and that uh, peter just uses that to like hit him on the head and they all escape <laughs> right <laughs> house of the dead but really fast exactly okay so this is where ann starts to piece things together and starts to wonder if her father has become a zombie mm-hmm. so back at the hospital uh the, we see the doctor shooting some more people more bodies and then uh we're back on the road again. So there's a zombie crossing a road and Brian swerves to avoid hitting it, which I'm like, hit the fucker. I don't just, care. Yeah, it's just hit dead. It. Hit it. Hit it. 
But no, this causes uh, Brian to swerve and the car's damaged and everything. And Peter's like ankle is injured in the process. So they've got to do it by foot. So we see the palm trees and we hear the drums and we know it's not going to be good. They're walking along the beach. And then Anne actually starts to hear the drums. And so they realize that the drums are getting closer and everything. And Anne starts to freak out. Oh, and damn you, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. And then Brian just chalks it up to voodoo, which I'm like, I, voodoo or not. There's living dead. You need to get the fuck out of Dodge. Oh, hell yeah. You need to get the Fulci out of Dodge. Get off that island ASAP. ASAP. Take off your tops and swim. Swim away. Swim away. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if you leave your top on, your nipples get chafed in the water. So you, you have right, to take exactly, your shirts exactly. off. But I kind of think it was smart on Fulci's part because he's already shown us that the water isn't really a viable option because there's zombies in there, too. Yeah, they can... Like they can just wait at the bottom for you. Exactly, exactly. And um, they realize they got to kind of make it back before it's dark because then they're really screwed. So back at the hospital, um, Lucas is tending to a dead man. And um, the doctor is still trying to figure this whole voodoo thing out. And he kind of questions Lucas about it. And Lucas kind of gives him that little kind of voodoo spiel about the earth spits out the dead and they come back to suck the blood out of the living. And I'm thinking... Yeah. They do more than suck the blood. They're like chowing down on you guys. Oh, yeah. They're, they're taking chunks out of people. Yeah. And the doctor poo-poos this and he just goes on about his merry, merry way. Well, Peter, it's revealed he can't go on any longer. His legs hurt way too bad. And then Susan and Brian, they're going to go on ahead, leaving Anne and Peter to stay back behind. Brian spies an ancient helmet that is clearly from a conquistador. Mm -hmm. And then Susan also spies a headstone, which makes them believe that they're in a cemetery that must be about 400 years old. Yeah, the, the Spaniards graveyard. Yes. So as anyone in their right mind is want to do, Anne and Peter just decide to lay down right where they are. <laughs> yeah, let, I don't know if we're going to make it out of here. It's okay, my love. <laughs> I put they I put down that they decide to take a fucking rest. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yeah, Pretty and much. she's all worried that they won't get back to New York, and then it's time for a kiss. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> but um, fortunately, we've got coitus interruptus. Yeah. So now. I was watching like a, a little like a, a little video essay from Stephen Thrower, who's a very famous uh, writer on horror films. And he was saying that um, one of the writers, I believe it was uh, uh, Dardando Sacchetti, Sacchetti, um, was very much a fan of like uh, horror comics. <clears throat> and he was wondering if this particular scene wasn't due to his input because it feels very much like an EC comic. If okay. anyone knows what I'm talking about, like horror comics of the fifties, because the way it's shot, we get them laying down. You see a hand come out, like basically right where Anne's hair is. It grabs her hair. Mm -hmm. Then another hand below ground comes up and grabs Peter's ankle. So basically he can't get away. They're trapped there on the ground. Yeah. The bad <clears throat> angle, by the way. Bad ankle. Yeah. So there's blood and everything. Um, so Brian hears this and he takes off running back, leaving Susan to turn. Oh, so slowly. Oh, to see my a corpse goodness. with worms. It's the eyes rise up super 
from a super shallow grave. And it's, like these guys must have been buried like what two inches deep. Right, right. And it's another <laughs> let's watch moment because she Oh my god. She, she does nothing. There. Absolutely nothing. nothing. No, well, that's a lie. I think didn't she make a sandwich? <laughs> oh yeah, wait, she did have time to she got her nails done and she made a sandwich. And she made a sandwich. Yes, <laughs> and she made and then took her top off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she made a sandwich topless. Yeah, that's what it was. She did make a topless sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, he bites her on the neck and tears away the flesh. She makes that gurgling noise while blood just spurters, spurts everywhere. And that was her. that was disturbing. Oh, my goodness. That that yeah. seemed like super realistic. Yeah. And then she falls dead. OK, why in the hell did Brian not grab her by the hand? Yeah, what? Like, why did he just run like? Why, like, why would you not grab your girlfriend or love interest or what, Tits McGee, whatever, and grab her and run off with her? <laughs> right. Come with me. D don't yeah, sit exactly. here by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So it, anyway. That Brian just didn't make sense. The, yeah. Brian shoots the, the zombie in the back. It turns around unfazed. And then Peter hits it with a cross and then like smashes its skull, like to reveal that, like, it was like a cool, like honeycomb effect, like all bloody and everything. Oh, hell it's yeah. pretty. Pretty nifty, folks. The power I'm not lying. of the cross. <laughs> yeah. So Brian kneels down to comfort Susan's body, uh, and he at first doesn't want to leave her behind, but the other uh, the others eventually convince him that like he's got to carry on. We need to get the heck out of here. Mm -hmm. We need to get the Fulci out of here. Exactly. As other corpses start to arise, um, and then the camera viewpoint uh, shows. I love this. It's like the viewpoint of the zombie coming out of the ground. So you oh, see like yeah. the dirt falling away. I thought that was like super cool. Those cool POV shots, man. Exactly. Now more of them are coming up out of the ground as the threesome make their way to the jungle. And then it's party time starts to play. Exactly. As, I was going to say, as more of them arrive, arise to a super synth score. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> I love the score. Okay. So down the road, we've got more zombies staggering about and everything. And through the forest, we have Peter having trouble walking everything. And the zombies are like basically like right there behind them. I'm like, you need to book it out of there. Mm -hmm. So now it's a windy, it's nighttime. They arrive at the hospital. The three are heading towards it inside. Um, the nurse is going to give one of the patients a transfusion. The doctor's like, there's no need to do it. He's going to die anyway. The three arrive banging on the door. They come inside. There's like there's zombies everywhere outside. Outside, we see that there's zombies everywhere. Inside, we have the doctor tending to um, Peter's ankle. And then Brian's busy barricading like all the doors. Yeah. And what I thought was funny is, you know, they go from basically <clears throat> bright daytime light. And then the next scene we see is a complete darkness. Right, right, and it's right. It's like, right, holy yeah. crap, it turned dark really fast. And, really fast. Yeah. And then so the... <laughs> <laughs> like the zombies are right behind us. And then you look and you, they're like five to 600 feet away. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then there's a really briefly, the doctor questions about his wife. And then, you know, it's like, no, forget about that stuff. Yeah. Nobody um, even speaks on it again. Yeah. And then there's mentioned that about three months ago, a fisherman saw, um, saw his uh, wife walking around who had been, who had died like two days earlier mm -hmm. and then it just kind of escalated from there. And then outside you hear the drums and the chanting of the zombies. Now who's playing the drums and how have they managed to escape the zombies? And how many people, cause that's more than one person playing drums. Yes. Are these the people responsible for creating the zombies? 
I wonder because the, yeah. we never see too many of the island people other than those who are in the hospital dying. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. I and just, like the helpers yeah. and stuff. I mean, you won't get answers. I'm just curious. So inside, you know, the, the doctor speculating that, you know, it's not voodooism. You know, he's trying to figure out, was it bacteriology? He's tried radiology. You know, he's applied a catalepsy test and epilepsy test. And then, you know, it's all this is interrupted. The speculation is interrupted by zombies banging against the door and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then Brian and doctor, they both have guns now. And there are two cans of kerosene that they're going to be using to make uh, Molotov cocktails out of. So they start blocking more doors. The nurse and Brian have uh, gone to go get some empty bottles. Uh, Peter, <laughs> this is where Peter. So the windows are really odd. They're kind of like upset very high and they have almost doors that drop down to block them. Yeah, those are like the old timey shutter windows. Yeah, but not don't think from the sides, folks. They drop down from above. Yeah, like they've got yeah. a stick, almost like a rat trap. They've got a yeah. stick in them. And like when you remove the stick, it just shut shutters closed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, one of them's trying to get in and Peter like hits it with a shovel and then just slams the window down on it. <laughs> so they're busy making cocktails and everything. But all of a sudden, the doctor has been bitten by his friend Fritz. Yep. Yes. Um, so Brian interrupts the eating action and shoots him and eventually he figures out he's got to shoot him in the head because again, no one shared this information with anybody. Right. He gave him a chest wound at first and he was like, exactly. Oh, he's, he's still exactly. coming. So, um, while he's checking on the doctor, the, uh, nurse and is it Jacob, I believe, or, or is it Lucas? Ooh, is it Jacob? Anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was Lucas. I think it was Lucas. Yeah. yeah. Is, um, uh, working on the bottles and they don't notice the other dead body popping up behind them. Yeah. Did, okay. Now the nurse knows that like the dead are rising as does Lucas. They both know this and they're in a room with a bunch of bodies wrapped in like sheets and stuff. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You should be on your guard 24 seven. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so yes, Luke, I sorry, Lucas, you're correct. Lucas's arm is bitten. The nurse starts to shut down as more bodies around her arises and she starts to scream. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian hears her. He shoots at the zombie entering the window and then comes to her aid. But she, so, again, let's watch because she just kind of stood oh, there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Apparently, is it something with women's uteruses <laughs> that they can't react to zombies? I guess there's like a correlation. I don't know. They just freeze. Oh, um, man. Yeah, she was just totally like hello. done. Yeah. So um, he comes to her aid. He grabs bottles and tells the nurse to do the same. She turns her back only to be bitten by Lucas. Mm -hmm. So that brings us just down to Peter, Brian, and Anne. And they make a barricade, like the lamest ass barricade ever, because Anne like pulls that tiniest cart ever and like kneels down behind it. And I'm oh. like, what are you doing, <laughs> Anne? Yeah. That was fantastic. I love that. Yeah, only to realize that Lucas has come up behind them on their side. Mm -hmm. So, of course, this forces Anne and her uterus to freeze <laughs> and just watch. Um, so Brian has to come to her aid. Um, whatever. So the, now oh this is goodness. to me, in every zombie movie, there's the point where it just becomes hopeless and helpless to me. And this is the point where I feel we've reached that point. 
also not only that, but you're inside of a dried up wooden church and you're throwing Molotov cocktails. Which is your shelter, by the way. Right. You're burning your place. (laughs) You're burning your place down around you, folks. (laughs) And I was just like, how how is any of this good? I mean, you're surrounded by the living dead from all angles. And you like how what's your escape plan? What you're is it? burning down the only place that might provide shelter away from these you know, flesh eating things. Yes. So Anne's doling out the Molotov cocktails. They're shooting at everything. Um, they escape to a little smaller room that's got zombies inside that. They make their way out of that. And this is where Brian comes face to face with the Susan zombie. And she is. I don't know if I counted this correctly, but I think there was. Only three or two or three other zombies with their eyes open. Um, and the rest of them walk around with their eyes shut. And well, okay, I, I I didn't realize it was her because I'm like, who is that? And Walt's like, that's Susan. And I said, No, the one with the shirt on. <laughs> hey, are you talking about the cross-eyed zombie? Oh, she was something else too, wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, so he, yeah, so there stands Susan, and of course, Brian now has a uterus, because he just stands there. Right, and he's like, do it, do it, I'll do it, give me the gun. Yeah, because he's frozen, and I guess, I don't, like, he can't shoot his loved one, who's clearly a zombie, and we all know what she's going to do to you, Brian. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Peter shoots her, and then, uh, of course, Brian gets bitten. Yep. She uh, she wanted him to join her in the ever after. Yes. So they take Brian with them to the boat to escape, which I'm like, we all know what his fate is, folks. Totally. They take him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so they're on the boat. They see the explosion as the building blows up and erupts into flames. It's now morning. They're on the boat. Brian does not look good at all, folks. No, he's got a bad case of that narcolepsy. <laughs> yep. He says he feels cold, which reminds me of our friends from Return of the Living Dead after they breathe in the chemicals. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He begs Peter to take him home and save him. Uh, they carry him below deck. Uh, we get that Brian POV. It's all blurry and everything. It's like Anne fades in and out of his vision. Um, and she's giving him the, you know, the wet towel treatment on the forehead and everything. And I'm like, just fucking leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> just like poke him in the head with something. <laughs> like yeah, or throw, yeah, exactly. Or at least be kind and throw him overboard. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So Peter decides they're going to lock him in the bilge and take him back for proof. Which mm-hmm. I'm like, folks, they already have proof. Anyway, so Peter gives Anne the wheel and he goes below. And then he returns and switches on the radio only to learn about the zombie invasion in New York as we hear the, um, well, two things are going on. Down below, we hear Brian is now trying to escape the door that's holding him, you know, away from them. And he's, you know, banging on the door and moaning and everything. And then over the radio, we hear that the uh, announcer is saying that they're at the door. They're coming in. Ah! Yeah, which interesting because it's kind of reminiscent of Night of the Living Dead, where it's like the bodies of the recently deceased are coming back to life, taking human victims, you know. Yeah, and then we cut to Brooklyn Bridge, which is being uh, overtaken by a swarm of staggering zombies heading into the city. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, I got to ask you about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the end, at the end scene there where it's like the zombies have taken over, did that remind you in a way of demons? Like when, you know, the demons are taking over everything? Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. Totally, totally see it. And you know what? Honestly, Rob, the more of these like Italian horror films that you watch, it's not just that one. There's a lot of the ones that have scenes like this in them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause it's very common. I've yeah. only seen a few and it just like that part right there reminded me of like the feudal, the feudal nature of like how demons ended where it was like, basically everybody is screwed. Oh, totally screwed. Yeah. There's no escaping those folks. Um, now really quick. Um, one of the zombies later on said that it was really hard to film this because they had to wait till there were no joggers or bikers on that walkway. Like they had, they didn't have permission to block it off or anything. <laughs> oh, wow. So they were like doing like guerrilla film shooting. So they had to wait till it was like free and clear of anyone else who would make it look stupid, you know, by like, <laughs> you know, zooming past on their bike. Yeah. You know what? They, they should have made it look realistic and had like the walking dead chasing them. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, now each extra was paid $40 and the, the two twenties were stapled together to make sure that no one got paid more or less than what they were due. Ouch. And then um, Fulci claims that no zombies were repeated in the film. And then some people pointed out that some of the zombies look awfully similar, but he said that was because there were actually three brothers um, that uh, did uh, appear to zombies. And that may be why some of the zombies look very much alike, but they were actually three different brothers hmm. who resembled each other. Okay. Yeah. And it's like... Um... I think they looked similar because the way the makeup, it's almost like they had gauze over their face in some uh, areas. And then the, the makeup was applied over that gauze. Oh, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, oh, what did uh, he called them? I think he called them his little flower pots because they look so much like clay. The yeah. They yeah. They them. do. Yeah. yeah. Or like and very then, waxy almost too. Like wax. Right. Very waxy. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and then the same, you know, featurette that I watched with Stephen Thrower, he was commenting the difference between the zombies in um, Dawn of the Dead, how they really were just discolored. Yeah. Like, um, almost as though they had dust on their faces. Well, and, and that was very much um, like Romero's commentary on the difference between people. You know, he still wanted them to be viewed as people. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this one, these things are dead. They're okay. not, they're not, they're no longer human. They are, they are the living dead. And, and Fulci wanted to show the decay and, you know, the, the grotesqueness of what a living reanimated corpse would look like. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, the difference. Yeah. Was there so, ever any indication as to why the zombies walked around with their eyes closed? No, probably other than to keep the worms out of their oh, eyes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, and I'll say this. If I was on a Fulci film, I sure as hell keep my eyes closed because I worry he'd stick wood in it. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's an open eye. I want to see a plank in it. Yes. Uh, give me some more eye trauma. <laughs> I love Fulci so much. Well, anyway, so Rob, we have come to the conclusion of Zombie. What did you think of it, my friend? I enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to have to watch it again to get, you know, get the full experience of it. And there might be stuff that I missed. Um, but upon the first watch, like I enjoyed all three Fulci films. And so it's like, OK, this is another Fulci film. So I, I'm definitely not going to hate it. Uh -huh. So that that was a good indication. 
Um, but I had fun with it. And the zombies are definitively different from anything that I had seen like in American cinema. So there's that too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so totally. it's just nice to see an interesting take on like what, what kind of started this genre. Oh, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Especially in another country. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause exactly. you know, we've got in America, we've got Romero basically. And mm-hmm. so it's like over, you know, coming from Italy it's just totally different. Like this is what their vision of the living dead look like. Exactly. Exactly. Now, would you recommend it to uh, listeners of Midnight Mass Creature Cast? Absolutely. I'd say if you, they're, they're probably already Fulci fans, maybe, and they, they know more about this than I do. Um, but going into it, new listeners, I would definitely recommend this. Um, bear in mind that this is 1979 and so you're not going to have like the, the same type of makeup effects or anything like that, but you're still, you, you've got like gore aplenty in this movie. (laughs) Impressive Um, gore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So on my end, um, yeah, I totally love this thing. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone. I, I say if you are calling yourself a horror fan and you've not seen this, they're going to take your card away, folks. You need to at least watch this one once. Um, I would totally recommend it for anyone who's, you know, calls himself a, a creature feature fanatic. Um, it still has like gore set pieces that work to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impressive how they pulled some of this stuff off. Never, ever uh, will you see a zombie versus shark no i have never seen one this is the first uh the first time seeing such a thing so yeah yeah there's many things in this film that you will be impressed with i'm pretty sure folks um it's just a lot of fun i think this would be a fun watch with a group of like friends you know order well i don't know about ordering pizza because i'd probably throw it back up i couldn't keep it down but you know have them over you know for some drinks and you know not spaghetti um, Not to know. <laughs> also i think um this combined with like start off with this and then end off cap off the night with children shouldn't play with dead things and maybe throw in return of living dead oh yeah that's a feature of fun yeah. yeah i think it'd be a blast yeah 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 now this did spawn like several sequels um but this one by far is the, is the most fun i think um, but yeah, this is a lot of fun, folks. If you've not seen it, oh my gosh, please do so. Please, 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 please do so. Um, yeah. Like hopefully when we announced it last week, um, you've gotten the movie under your belt. And so you could like watch along and know all the scenes that we're talking about and everything we're describing. Exactly. Exactly. And I guess, uh, I don't know if he's being a gentleman or he's just been so uncomfortable, but this whole time I've just been wearing nothing but a thong and a perm wig um, while recording this. And Rob's just failed to make eye contact with me, but anyway. I'm, I'm kind of used to it. Honestly, <laughs> it's I'm so desensitized to it now. It's just, it's nothing. It's an, it's another Sunday for me. You know? <laughs> but folks, we are staying in 1979 next week because we're going to be doing phantasm. Hell yeah. That I'm is so excited. So excited. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. So it's going to be so much fun to revisit that oh, again. Oh man. Yes. I love that one. Uh now if you want to get a hold of us, we are I am I'm always creeping around Instagram. 
at the Midnight Mass Creature Cast. Uh, you're welcome to, to reach out to me there. We are more than happy to do uh, listener requests as long as it's got you know some kind of monster or creature connection. Yep, and uh, Mark always lets me know whenever somebody, uh, when we've gotten a new, I don't want to say subscriber because it's not a subscriber. Oh, follower, yeah. Follower. Mm -hmm. New follower, or if uh, somebody writes to us through there. But if you want to contact us through the old email, you can get a hold of both of us at mmccpod at gmail.com. Most definitely. And as always, I'll say it again and again from the bottom of our dark hearts. We truly thank you for joining us because the more the scarier. That's right. The more does make it the scarier. And until next week, we hope you stay spooky. Spooky.